Previously on the Loyal Littles podcast, the principal got 20 passes to be in the championship parade, and he said, Look, will you do it? And I'm like, Heck yeah. So, me and my so, daughters. Well, I'm sorry, you were in the World Series parade? I was in the World Series parade. I, okay. I got a pair of, there it uh, is, Littles. This very the lead moment has been brought to you by whoever. How about Bubbly, the, the, the people that gave away the uh, baby shark glasses? Is it Bubbly or Bublé? To the Loyal Littles Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. How's it going? It's going well. Exciting day. Not as exciting as our wedding day. No. That's kind of how we started that episode. <laughs> Didn't want to throw anyone <laughs> off there. But lots to get into right away. Special treat later in the show. Yep. We're very excited Stick about around. that. As we said last episode, we have new segments. We have some new surprises. Mm -hmm. So we're very, very excited. I almost I almost want to tell you, like, I, I think Tony says on the big show, so just just skip to there. Skip, <laughs> skip, skip to, we call it part four. I don't know if everyone understands that. We've dropped that a few times where we say part one, part three, part four. So, yeah, I think that's that's a code for us on, okay, what chunk are we working on? Yeah, are we working on our chunks, which is the beginning and the end, or are we working on the middle chunks, which is the interview with the Meet the Littles? And because we take a break, those are two right. and three. Yeah. I also think it, it also started, Littles, I think this will be funny, a little inside dish, is because I made this mistake when we started the podcast, if the segment runs a little longer than expected basically in garage band for somebody it's probably my old computer i'm sure you can probably, probably do this nowadays but they have to be around 20 minute chunks for the file to be <laughs> enough memory i don't even know how it works roxy i just know what works for it to work right. it needs to be 20 minute chunks uh, around there. around yeah Either, you know maybe a little more but yeah. not much because yeah. it doesn't have enough memory i guess mm -hmm. i don't know it's a mess i'm but scared anyway. for you when your computer completely craps yeah. out i'm gonna get in I need i'm to scared get for computer. you i do not want to yeah. be around for that <laughs> All right, but let's get started. Let's get to our normal. Yes, there's more corrections. I will say this, though, before we open, and I'm not going to step on it because it's a big, it's become a big fixture for the big show. So I will say that the National Toy Hall of Fame has its nominees out. And I know, I, I mean, if look, if the big show doesn't cover this, we will, but it's always much more fun when they do it. So I'm not going to step on that. I will say that Sand is nominated again, though. Sand? Yeah. It, see, that's why I brought it up here because Roxy's doesn't ever hear that segment well, on the big show. I am imagining that sand type thing. I mean, my nephew has it where you can we, you can make molds of things with sand, but it's not sand. It's yeah. some other type of substance that can form things unlike sand. Well, obviously but it's sand like they're pushing it hard because it didn't get in last time. And so they're renominating mm. it because mm. for some reason they want it in. But like I said, we're not going to go into that. Does anyone remember Gak? Gak? Oh, that was my favorite. What's Gak? Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> 90s kid. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. me. <laughs> I don't know what Gak is. Is that like slime? I would say for you, yes. For me? But it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So for me, it's slime. Okay. Well, for your brain to understand it, but it's not slime. All it's right. Gak. Well, let's get into our corrections. We always have these. They always come in. We love them. We really do. Now, this one, Roxy, officially made my head hurt because after the initial correction came in, we were ready to like step on top of the mountain and go, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. Uh, we were going to actually retweet the tweet yeah. that Ed Butt sent in. But this came in from David Patton, actually. And he writes in, it's Mackinac Bridge, 
Just saying. Not Mackinac, like I said. We said Mackinac. But to be fair, that is how it was spelled out to me. In the tweet. (laughs) However. I think that's the nicest way I could say it. (laughs) Okay. But in defense of Ed Butt, he's not wrong. Really? That's how it's spelled. Now, like I said, we did kind of a deep dive. It's spelled that way, but pronounced the other way. Yes, it's spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C, but it's pronounced Mackinac. Interesting. Oh, it gets better. Just you wait. Now, we had this little exchange with cool Aunt Claire about this. Now, you don't even know about this, do you, Roxy? Mm, Yeah, I don't think you were around when this all started. So, here's the thing. Okay, so she was even texting in, oh, no, Roxy's perfect streak is broken (laughs) against all logic. It is pronounced Mackinac. Now, I wrote, of course, I'm like, we're already on it. We're calling foul. But she, no, 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 she deep dived. And she did say she wants to, in her defense, she, she did say we should maybe reach out to Ed Butt or Garrett to double check on all of this. But she did say, I just realized something. There is an island in northern Michigan called Mackinac Island, pronounced Mackinac. Okay. I am just making the assumption that Mackinac Bridge. See, I don't even know how to read this because it's spelled with an AC, but let me go on. So I'm going to say Mackinac Bridge, which does not go to Mackinac Island. It is also pronounced Mackinac. Now, to add to the weirdness, Mackinac Bridge does have one end in Mackinac City. And yes, that is spelled with a W. Maybe they should pronounce Mackinac City as Mackinac. I mean, this is like... Come on, man. What are we doing out here, man? Like, <laughs> right? what the heck? So, Littles... What if, the bleeping heck? <laughs> if you're into geography at all, I mean, she sent me a picture of this. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, of the bridge. Mm-hmm. And she's right. At the bottom of the the one end... I don't know if it's... The, I'm assuming it's the southern end of the bridge. I mean, I, I think this goes north to south. It is Mackinac City, spelled M-A-C-K-I-N-A-W, city. Okay. Right above it. The bridge from Mackinac City to, I don't know where it goes. It's, <laughs> it's literally M-A-C-K-I-N-A-C bridge. And, and that's pronounced Mackinac as well. I guess. Is that correct? Yes, supposedly. And it goes to an island I don't that know. is spelled with a W but pronounced with a K. All I'm going to say I'm is so confused. this was my response. This all makes my head hurt. It's like worse than math. This is <laughs> the worst. So... Anyway, I, I, I guess we were wrong. I guess it's a correction. We did pronounce it Mackinac, which is wrong. Right. But. Come on. Come on, man. What are we even Give doing? me this one. Give me this one. <laughs> Freebie. So, so I'm going to say her streak is still alive. I'm going to say Roxy's streak Thank is still alive. You. Mine was long gone. So I'll take the heat for that, even though you did read that. Yeah, that was, that's crazy. Wow. And that deep dive, courtesy of Cool Aunt Claire. But like she said, she's not even quite sure that's exactly it. So if Ed Butt, Garrett Schumann, chime in. We, or any other. is Kim Wilson's from up there, two L's. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of all our other Michigan friends. So anyone. All of y'all, let us know. This is crazy. <laughs> I mean, what are y'all doing Maybe up there? Maybe do like a voice memo so we can hear it. Oh, we could play that. I can't, I can't understand it. It was hard it. reading it. It was I, really just I can't just understand now... reading it. So if you wanted to correct us, send us a voice memo or something yeah. where we can hear it. That will help. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Oh, my gosh. That was that took way too long. But we wanted to make sure we were presenting it correctly, because like I said, we didn't also didn't want to throw cool. And we, still don't even know. And we still don't know. So there you go. All right. Next. Moving on. Moving on. Oh, wait, there is a P.S. from oh. David Patton. He says, P.S. Normally we agree on just about everything. But I think every guy's ultimate job is Zamboni driver. Oh, that would be so cool. Really? That'd be so cool. 
All right. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Definitely. Fair enough. Definitely. All right. Let's get to some of our other emails and tweets real quick. We heard from Will. Now, we don't know Will. He's at Aquarium Drinker, which I love that name. And it's D-R-N-K-E-R, at Aquarium Drinker on Twitter. And he just wrote in, this is in pertaining to the baseball movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He said, no long gone or bang the drum slowly. What? No list. Now, you've never even heard of those, have you? Nope. Now, Roxy, I do believe I own bang the drum slowly. I don't think I've ever seen it. Hmm. So we might have to put that on the mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Uh, long gone. I don't even know what that is. I, I mean, I, I, I've heard of it. I just don't. Maybe someone hits a home run and it's long gone. <laughs> All right, Roxy, let's not uh, upset the... Uh, <laughs> Let's not upset I don't Will. know. I haven't he, seen it. He hasn't even come on, you know, to meet the Littles I yet. Know, so I hopefully, know. Will, where are you at? Let's come on and meet the Whittles and we can talk about these meet movies. The, meet the who's? <laughs> I don't know what I just said. <laughs> um, but come on and, you know, we'll talk about these movies. So that we maybe we'll save it for when you come on and meet yeah, the Whittles. Yeah. Whittles? Is that what I said? You said Whittles. Whittles. All right. <laughs> Should be on a shirt. All right, Roxy, you just talk now. Oh we have gosh. an email from somebody. Yeah, we have one from James Cunningham and Littles. Bear with me. This is kind of a tongue twister. Oh, yeah, so this we'll, one. Yeah, we'll, this see how, a, we'll see how we do. We're equating this to soccer talk, but go ahead. Yeah, uh, he says, Chuck and Roxy, pardon me for missing Chuck's rant against FBS college football teams playing FCS. I've been a little busy, so I guess I missed an episode. While App State beating Mr. Ed Butt's beloved Michigan Wolverines is the most famous FCS team beating an FBS team, I don't believe it's the most embarrassing. In 2007, that App State won the FCS National Championship that season. That App State also had four NFL players on it. So it's not like they lost to a bunch of chumps. The most embarrassing loss to an FCS team happened two weeks ago. Washington was beaten by Montana. The score of that game, 13-7. An FBS team scored one touchdown in modern college football. One. Against an FCS team. I understand that this is going to go right over a lot of people's heads, including the hosts. Let me just say... (laughs) You don't know us. (laughs) Let me just say this. It's not good. So the Washington Huskies loss to Montana has surpassed Michigan as the most embarrassing loss. What? I mean, all right. So first of all, Roxy, can Roxy buy a vowel? Because she has no idea what any of those mean. I barely even know what you're talking about. So we're going to put this right up there with the soccer talk that floods our Twitter page. But we love encouraging the banter, so we just like everything. So we're just going to like this email, if we could. I mean, there's no such thing, but we're just going to like, like it. Like. We just liked it. I sort of get what he's saying. Yeah, I, I understand the, the... But the FC... What is it? FCS? F- FBS, FCS. I'm like, what, what are we talking about? I don't about? know what that is. We have no idea what that means. But thank yeah, you for the email. Yeah, so we'll take, you f- take your word for it and uh, just move on. Just don't come at us. Don't come at us. <laughs> That's all we're saying. We, we read your email. You yeah, probably have a yeah. better record on our show than you do the big show. So just oh. let's go with that. <laughs> All right. And then we also heard from <laughs> Bob Sproul. And he just says, Chuck and Roxy, many thanks for the shout out on the recent podcast. Also, another great and informative interview with Mo. Now, can he call him Mo? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know Maurice, Bob? I don't know. We, we had to go through a whole interview before we were allowed to call him Mo. <laughs> so I don't know. Mo, you're going to have to... Way in here. Way in and give the official ruling on that. I mean, Bob's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, hey, (laughs) anyway, his detailing of how the Orioles are screwing the Nats was fascinating. And one that is relatable to another great franchise that has been screwed over by incompetent, greedy and cheapskate ownership. My own Pittsburgh Pirates. But I digress. Hurley's. How long has that been in operation? I can remember many, many years when Johnny Carson's Tonight Show was still based in New York. 
Carson would always make jokes about Ed McMahon and the guys in the band leaving the show and heading over to Hurley's for a night of imbibbing. Love that word. In fact, the joke may even date back to the Jack Parr days of The Tonight Show, but that really is before my time. Just wondering if it's the same joint. Love the show. First of all, can we go back? I mean, this is how young I am. <laughs> I love to say that. <laughs> I didn't know Johnny Carson did it here in New York. I had no idea. I thought he was all West Coast. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. I always assumed it was New York. I don't know why. Now, I did a deep dive, Bob. It was established in 1892. That's when Hurley's opened, and it was on 6th Avenue and 49th Street. Now, why that's important is because that is right over by where Rockefeller Center is. Mm. Okay? Now, it was so close to where the NBC studios are, that's why it was the bar for many TV people and people like Johnny Carson and, yes, Jack Parr. And they, the owners held out until 1999 when they were basically forced out of the Rockefeller Center area, and that's when they moved to where they are now on 48th between Broadway and 8th, which is oh. where we had our Summer of Littles event, 3.1. Yep. And it's really interesting. I did a little deep dive because I didn't know that history, and it was really interesting about how popular a bar it was over there, and they even said after they made the move, unfortunately, because it was not... It's still pretty close, but yeah, it's but not it's, stumbling it's, distance, we'll right. call it. So, I mean, it's walkable still, but it's not as close. So there's obviously many other bars over there where I'm sure like Jimmy Fallon and his gang hang out. Yeah, I mean, Del Frisco's is over there. Yeah. Capitol Grill is in that area. Like all these great yeah. places. Yeah, so. so it's kind of sad in that sense. But I will say, like I've said on many other episodes, Hurley's now does welcome all Broadway mm-hmm. employees and crew and stuff like that. And that's a it's a big hangout for us yeah. over there after the shows. Yeah, it is definitely closer to the Broadway shows yeah, than sure. when it was at Rock Center. So. Yep. So, all right, Roxy, let's get out of here. But before we do that, we did want to commemorate two very sad passings we had earlier this this week, last week. Um, Norm MacDonald. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one bit me hard because he dies at 61, Roxy. Yeah. I mean, that's way too Scary. young. Way too young. And it makes me reevaluate my life a little bit yeah. as far as like what I'm going to do with the next decade or so. Mm-hmm. You know? Anyway, it's sad. You know, all we'll say is R.I.P. Turd Ferguson because... One of my favorite. I'm sorry. No one played, imitated Burt Reynolds better. And his Jeopardy with Will Ferrell, just amazing. Mm-hmm. So R.I.P. Turd Ferguson. <laughs> if you know, you know. And then Jane Powell. Yeah. Jane Powell. Yeah. Good run, though. 92. Gorgeous voice. Gorgeous actress. And uh, she did it all. Did she, it all. She did Broadway mm-hmm. and the movies. Yep. And um, that's not an easy feat. No, not at all. Um, to be able to do both. She was, it was Royal Wedding, right? That was the one with Fred Astaire? Royal Wedding with Fred Astaire. Right, right. She was also in Seven Brides for yep. Seven Brothers. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite movies. Amazing, amazing dancing in that movie. Obviously with Fred Astaire too, but yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read somewhere she also sang at President Harry Truman's inaugurational oh, ball. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and she was a bridesmaid for Elizabeth Taylor's first wedding. Nice. I love that we can mark that as like a historic event. But yeah, good run, 92. Wow. So RIP to both of them. Roxy, let's get out of here. Great show. Great Meet the Littles guest as normal. And, and great surprise. Great surprise. After our Meet the Littles guest, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Really? Zamboni driver? That's better than like a on-field groundskeeper? Listen, I don't know. they're both cool. They're but both really cool, but I think I'd rather just be I on the field. I think my, my first memory of something that I thought would be a cool job was the Zamboni. Yeah, but I feel like I'd... I mean, I'd, aside from But to get Rockets, to go to every baseball game for me, um, I don't know if that's where I'm laying. 
This is Dave Spector from Bells Up Winery. While our hosts take a quick break, wouldn't it be a good time to pour yourself a nice glass of Pinot Noir? I mean, Chuck and Roxy are probably enjoying one themselves right now, so why shouldn't you? Okay, now back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. is called The Neighborhood, and it was submitted by Robert Stubbs, frontman and guitarist for the Hobart-based band Fuse. And this three-piece classic rock cover band, Fuse, was established in 1996 and has had its current lineup since 2003. The band plays throughout Tasmania, Australia on a regular basis and has recorded many original songs and covers with Robert on guitar and vocals, John Leishman on bass, and Bonita Nelson on drums. And Robert writes in and says, The song The Neighborhood, written by Robert Stubbs in 2020, came about due to all of us being in lockdown last year, so instead of being bored out of my brain, I went to the shed and started writing and recording songs, and this was one of them. When there's no gigs, no work, all we could do is entertain the neighborhood and hope no one called the police thinking there was a party going on. We have never had any complaints, so this song was for them. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, check them out on their YouTube channel. Just search Robert Stubbs. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-S-T-U-B-S. Or for the band Fuse, F-U-S-E, just like Jason. And as always, we'll play the full song, The Neighborhood, at the end of the podcast. All you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles, and we have a great one for you again today. Please welcome to the podcast, Brendan in Jersey. Hey, Brendan, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's good. It's good to. Uh, for people who don't know, we met at the uh, Summer of Littles event. That's yeah. right. Uh, I guess it was Midtown Manhattan, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, this yeah. is kind of why. I mean. We wanted to make sure that the Boston Summer of Littles didn't get too far ahead of us in interviews because there's this thing now where Sully from Boston is, oh, we, he's interviewed almost everyone from the Summer of Littles. So I'm like, well, we have to kind of catch up here For and make sure we get everyone from New York here. Now, yeah. ours is going to be tough because Sean was on that list. So we're going to have to get Sean on the podcast at some point if that's possible. But, you know, it's a big ask. So we'll see what happens. But we wanted to make sure we got you in. We're very excited about this. So, yeah. So it's been just over a month since we last saw you. So what have you been up to? Well, for the past month and and really the past year and a half, I've been spending a lot of time at the Mahoning Drive-In in in Lehighton, Pennsylvania. 
I'm not a volunteer or staff, but I'm sure a lot of people there probably think I am because of <laughs> how much time I spend there. Basically, I love movies. Movies have always been one of my passions, and I'm also passionate about the medium of film, the physical media of celluloid. So the Mahoning is basically the last retro drive-in in the country. There was a documentary that came out, I don't know, six about six years ago called At the Drive-In that originally the the director was going to do a documentary about drive-ins in general and then he ended up just kind of this was the first one he went to and caught him at an interesting time because 2014 was the last summer that Hollywood was still putting out movies on 35 millimeter film reels and so the drive-in was kind of at a juncture where they either like raise money to pay for a digital projector which they, they didn't have and at that time it was prohibitively expensive or just kind of like dive in keep doing the retro thing and so that's what they've done and um so every weekend from about april till halloween they have like a themed weekend so actually this past weekend they showed like the back to the future trilogy oh cool and they had like a screen accurate delorean on the lot but honestly it's it's mostly horror stuff which like i kind of wish it wasn't but yeah horror, <laughs> me too like he's not like, a fan either yeah, unfortunately, horror fans tend to come out in droves to like anything that they like, whereas family stuff doesn't necessarily sell as well. Right. Well, it's uh, it's interesting that you're bringing all this up because I was a big fan of the drive-in as a kid. And the two that right off the top of my head, I'll never forget my older sisters. I think I've already said this, snuck me in to see the Warriors. OK, when I was okay. like five <laughs> and totally threw them under the bus by accident the next day when I got them in trouble because I was wa- <laughs> running around the house with empty Coke bottles on my fingers <laughs> And my mom was like, what the hell is that? And where did you learn that? So I was like, "Uh uh-oh. And the other one was Fox and the Hound. I remember seeing that with my youngest sister Uh at the drive-in. And we saw tons of other stuff there, Mm -hmm. too. So it was a big thing for us growing up. And recently, when I go down to Tennessee to visit my father and my sisters down there, they have a drive-in not too far. It's actually in Kentucky, but they live almost right on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky. And they always play all these throwback movies, which I love, of course, because I love a good 80s movie. Okay, right. on the big screen. Now, I'm wondering if this is now it's all piecing together for me. Maybe this is because they don't make digital. It's not capable for newer movies to be shown at drive-ins. Is that what you're kind of going into? Well, so basically every other drive-in like has adapted. They've gotten a digital projector so they can show first-run movies oh, okay. or really any movie. But Can we pause there for a second? Like, do sure. you know the stats on that? Because that's I'm genuinely curious because I know you're into movies. So do you have any idea how many drive-in theaters there still are? Because I feel like it's not a... I mean, now maybe since the pandemic hit, because that was kind of like because of social distancing and all that stuff, that was huge. But do you have any idea? Are they still around? I mean, they're definitely still around in the Northeast. Like, there's a bunch in New York State kind of like along the Hudson. Okay. That's because that's one of the ones I went to, and that one is not there anymore. That's the only reason I was curious. It was called Sunset. I think it was called The Sunset. And uh, it was right near, it was up near Hudson, New York. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know what the stats are for the whole country. Sure. Oh, okay. Curious. Yeah. Okay. But you're saying that a lot of them have updated the equipment so they can do first run movies. Yeah. Okay. This, like, this, yeah, this place got caught out, and so they're still running their original projectors from 1948. Wow. Mm. 
That's amazing. And that's what I was thinking was that's why they're bringing back all these because all these old movies are already on film. They must be stored somewhere. So why not run them back? Because as we know, I mean, most drive-ins, if, if I'm remembering correctly, it was always usually a double feature. And the first movie was like the new movie. Mm-hmm. And then they would do an older movie that wasn't as popular anymore, but it was still out there. Is mm. that is that your experience as well? When I went to a drive-in as a kid, it was always it was always new movies. Okay. I remember going to a drive-in on Cape Cod to see Apollo 13 and Babe. Oh wow! <laughs> like that was <laughs> so that was '95. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's always funny too. It's like the two movies. Sometimes they they kind of complement each other, and then there's other times where, where it's... they definitely don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Babe awesome. and Friday the Thirteenth. No, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen something that drastic. Yeah. Uh, different. But now you say you go all the way through almost to Halloween through October. Yeah. And it gets cold in October. Mm. Sure. Uh, for sure. Actually, the very last day of the season last year was, I think, November 2nd or 3rd. Oh, wow. And so one of my buddies and I there, we're very proud. Like, we don't like to retreat in from the outside. Like, we just like to sit out and like in our nice chairs. But like for the very last movie of the season, it was so cold. Like, we had to go into his car and like run the heater. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember when they adapted to, you could tune in to a radio station to hear the sound for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't have to have those clip-on oh. speakers. I don't think I mean, I've, that's, I've never that's, been to a drive-in. Really? <laughs> what? I, I should go. Roxy. <laughs> never? That sounds fun. I don't think so. Wow. Okay. All right. So, Brendan, so now let's get back into you and try to meet you a little bit here. Now, when did you become a little, I guess is how we'll say it, and how did you get to know Tony Kornheiser? Oh, so so this is a long story. Uh-oh. Should we take a break first? I'm just <laughs> No, we'll be okay. Go ahead. Okay. So when I was a kid, pre-adolescent, I was not into watching sports. Like I played youth baseball for a few years, but gave that up because, you know, like when when you're young, unless your dad is one of the coaches or you have some obvious talent, nobody's going to take the time to actually like develop you. Mm-hmm. Like it's just easier to stick you in right field. Right. And <laughs> like where the ball never goes. So I got to split time and catcher for a couple of years and that was fun. But then the last year I did it, I was just like always in right field. And I was like, okay, like I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. That's such um, a shame. Yeah. So things kind of started to change. Not that it was necessarily related, but as I moved into adolescence, somebody took me to a football game up at West Point. So that was like my first major sporting event that I went to. And I mean, like, that's a whole other road of my life is my army fandom. But high school is really when the dam broke and I was just like consuming sports. Because when you're when you're a teenager and you have an interest in something, you're Bradley Cooper. Like you are limitless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You just have unlimited bandwidth. So I was watching SportsCenter like before school and after school. (laughs) PTI and Around the Horn were brand new at this time. So I was always watching that. Every major sports postseason, I would watch basically everything. So 2001 is the first time that I I follow the NFL, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as it turned out, the team that I kind of kept an eye on that year was the Patriots. So that was interesting because Tom Brady was nobody. Yeah. And they just kind of come out of nowhere to go on this what we assumed at the time was a magical run. We didn't know that it was going to become what it did. Right. But I didn't plant my stakes as a fan. 2002, this is the first time I'm playing fantasy football. So I'm like, I'm following the whole league. Mm-hmm. But I still don't have a team of my own. So 2003, my youth pastor is hosting people to watch the Thursday night season opener, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were still called the Redskins. It was the Redskins and the Jets. 
and he was a Redskins fan. I'll name drop him. He's Matt Steen. He's a fellow little. Oh, great. I think he's down in Florida now. He's moved like five times in the past 10 years. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> so the Redskins beat the Jets, and I'm just like, okay, like I'm, I'm in with this team. Not really knowing anything about the history or anything, or, or the owner. Definitely didn't know anything about the owner at that time. But I, I plant mistakes with this team. So when I get to college, this is the first time that I have middays open. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. So I'm listening to 980 down in DC, and middays it's Tony Kornheiser, who I know from PTI, uh-huh. and I think at that time it was the John Thompson show with Doc Walker and Brian Mitchell. So I'm listening to this during middays, but at that point I don't know what a little is. I'm not taking any sort of identity from this. It's just kind of <laughs> something I listen to. Uh-huh. So life goes on, and at some point, I finally get a smartphone in like 2014, and I have a Wi-Fi connection at work. So I, so now I Wait, can did, stream. Did, did you say 2014? Yes. Roxy. Yeah. I think I, think I beat th- that. Uh, barely. Barely. But I beat- <laughs> Sorry. Actually, I was a very no, late bloomer was, too. I was- it was 20. You still had your flip phone. No, all right. Let's go back to. Let's get back. Because I remember destroying. So, Brendan, let's get back to you. Let's get- <laughs> So it was around the same time. Okay. So you could get podcasts. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I can stream radio while I'm at my desk at work and I can download podcasts. And Mm -hmm. so at that point, I think when I was listening to Tony in college, his show was national. But when I was listening back in 2014, it was back to a local show, which I think I speak for a lot of littles. Like we still wish it was a local show. Like that's what we loved about it. But that's a whole other can of worms. Mm -hmm. So 2014, 15, 16, 17, that's when I finally like, okay, I listened to Tony Kornheiser show. I'm a little. And the first time I met somebody else who was into it, I happened to be on vacation in the Midwest and I was in Chicago and cool Aunt Claire was out there and she organized a meetup at this bar. So it was Claire, myself, Chris Dobertine, who I'm still connected with on, on Twitter, Greg Fort and... Les Carter. There was an episode of the show at Chatter that I was at where he sent in an email. Les sent in an email, email, and I cheered. And Nigel or somebody was like, oh, is he here? And I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, just me. Sorry. <laughs> so I think it's 2017, 18, and 19, I went down to Jingle Fest in the greater D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And so I think like half of the people that you've had on your show, I know personally or at least have met. Yeah. Through that. And so that's how you go from me as a little kid not liking watching sports to now it's 2021 and I'm at Summer Littles. Right. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I mean, what was it about Tony that just drew you in? Yeah, because you said you just started listening to 980. And why did you stop on his show? When I first started working, I couldn't listen. So... That was why I didn't pick it up again for a while. Uh, well, you also said you started with PTI, so you already were familiar with him. Right. Um, yeah. That's how I got familiar with him. And it was yeah. just two guys yelling at each other. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> What's happening right now? <laughs> I'm going to draw a movie analogy here. Like Sometimes things that are good influence the culture around them in the worst way. Uh-huh. So PTI, it's like people see it and they're like, oh, it's two guys yelling. We need to base our entire network around people yelling. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to like when I was watching ESPN every day, most people would consider it boring, but mm-hmm. it was full of content. Yeah. And like, and I understand things have changed because the internet and so people get information differently and faster. I understand it's kind of an unanswerable question for them of what do we do? Uh-huh. But to make a movie analogy, the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy is great. 
but it kind of influenced other movies in the worst way to where they're like, now we need to be dark and gritty, like right. for properties that, that right. don't need to be that at all. It's like, no, come up with your own thing. Yeah. But as we know, it's all about the money. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. true. The answer to most questions is money. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. So, all right. Well, listen, we already have to take a quick break. You can stick around though, right? Absolutely. All right, great. Well, we will be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Joe Magnum from Pittsburgh, and you're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast, and we are lucky enough to be here with Brendan in Jersey. Now, not New Jersey. Just Jersey. Just Jersey. Is that what we're going with here? I mean, it is New Jersey, but for, you know, for Nobody brevity's sake. Nobody calls it that. But no, it, well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird because every other state that starts with new. New York. Nobody calls New York, York or. Mexico. Well. Can, well, you can't no. with New Mexico yeah. because right. then you have also the country Mexico. Right. So that could be very No one says England, New England. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I think if you catch a diehard New Englander slurring his words, he might just say Hampshire, but. Yeah, like, right. Right. Well, it's funny that you say this because I also had a friend back in the day that she would get so angry at the, quote, the stuck up snobby New Yorkers who would call it upstate New York. Mm -hmm. And she's like, now, I guess it's different now because I've noticed this recently. But back in the day, no one ever said upstate California. No one ever said upstate Florida. You know what I mean? Things like that. It was only upstate New York. And she was like, why do they call it upstate New York? What constitutes upstate New York was a whole nother can of worms. Right. Because... I'm sorry, people that consider Buffalo and Rochester upstate New York, I just don't get it. To me, that's not. That's, that's, to me, that's Western New York. That's not upstate. I'm sorry. Yeah, anyway, and that's not just because I live I've, in the city now. This but, grind my gears moment is yeah, brought sorry. to you by. Anyway. I've definitely heard people say that like there's no such thing as upstate. I don't know the details or like the etymology of that, but I mean, I don't know. In New Jersey, there's a fierce debate over whether Central Jersey exists or not. Ah. I say no. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I've heard South Jersey, but I've never heard North. Well, maybe. Hmm, maybe. I've heard Northern New Jersey. Oh. Maybe that's just what I call it. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I live so far north in New Jersey that basically everything notable is south of me. <laughs> we never actually got to, quote, meet you from the very beginning. Did you grow up in Jersey? Oh, yeah. Born, raised, live in, work in, went to college in. Okay. So how do you feel about the New York football teams invading your state? but not giving you any credit. How do you feel about that? You know, when I was younger, that offended me more so. Uh Um, I still kind of like stick that in with certain people of like, you want to take our money, but not acknowledge us or whatever. I'm just trying to stick up for y'all. I think it's blasphemy. I do. I think it's ridiculous. Don't you have, you have a soccer team, right? That's called the New York, New Jersey something, right? Oh man, what are they? I think, I think they're called Red Bull New York now. Oh, oh, just Red Bull. See this one? What the hell? Man? Yeah. I don't get it. I think back in the day, they were like the NY slash NJ Metro stars. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I Bobby mean, like, will let us know because I have no uh, idea. We're not soccer people here at all. So, well, anyway, that's why I call them the New Jersey Giants and New Jersey Jets because I feel like they should acknowledge where they play their home game. I know San Francisco doesn't play in San Francisco anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of one reason why I've, I've softened my stance on it is because like so many other yeah. teams have kind of like moved out of where they really are i mean even like basketball teams like the detroit pistons moved to woodland hills which is oh. like yeah like it's in the detroit metroplex technically but it's definitely not detroit proper right. so right 
So yeah, like at the New York, New Jersey thing, it doesn't bother me in that aspect. What bothers me is when people try to say New Jersey has no culture. That offends me a lot. <laughs> right. Well, of course. <laughs> so now, Jersey does have culture. Yeah, that's the important part. That's what we need everyone to get out of this whole interview. I'll just say, I have yet to have a bagel in New York City that is anywhere near as good as the ones that I can get three blocks from my house. Whoa. There it is. That's that's the whole <laughs> show right there. Now, but the real question is, are they better than Bethesda bagels? I mean, that's what all the listeners want to know, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. Wow. No, but have, you, have you ever really had one? From Bethesda? I don't, you know what? I haven't had one from Bethesda. I have. I think I've been to Bagel City, but I don't even remember if I got a bagel there. Uh, so I don't know. All right. So we go. We got to go to New Jersey, Roxy, for the bagels, apparently. Yep. <laughs> Let's do it. So, okay. Now, real quick. Now, I know you said you weren't a, a big sports guy growing up and all that. But now, do you follow all the other sports? I mean, so as a teenager, consuming as much as possible. The older I get, the more parochial I become. And I really just care about the teams that I care about. And I don't really care about what else is going on like right. in those universes i'm like i'm a super passionate army football fan you know west point football but i really don't care about the larger landscape yeah. of college football like right. i don't follow the sec unless you have like a boise state oklahoma situation where like there's the possibility of a, of a remarkable upset like mm -hmm. i i don't really like i don't really care yeah I love it when like the unranked teams beat the ranked teams. I don't know why. I'm, I've always I've always rooted for the underdog, and that's how I became a Red Sox fan back in the day. I love following that college football. So, out of all the sports, though, would you say college football is your favorite? Out of everything? Yes. I kind of have two categories of teams I root for. Like there's teams by location and teams by invite. So being like an army football fan, like that was something I was kind of invited into. Being a, a Washington football, or as they were back in the day, a Redskins fan, like that was something I was invited into. But being in Jersey, I'm a Devils and I was a Nets fan before they were taken away. But now I don't watch the NBA at all. They're, and they're not going to get another team, I assume, right? Well, I don't even know. I, like I'm, I'm so out on the NBA now. I don't even know like if I would be care. invested like yeah, in a, right, yeah right. like I don't even know if I would care I got you. but I don't I, I don't think it's gonna happen so it's kind of a moot point well Brendan believe it or not we're almost out of time here is it okay we pride ourselves here at the loyal littles podcast asking fun dumb questions at the end is that okay sure all right what is the scariest movie you've ever seen I guess okay so in terms of things that scared me at the time that I watched them, like not necessarily things that like I, guess, I yeah. would find scaring now. Sure. Yeah. Um, Poltergeist definitely like sure. got in my head. Mm -hmm. um, now it's a movie I love because because I think there's actually like a lot of beauty in it. Sure. Um, which is you know this the I mean Spielberg was a writer and producer on it, so that's not a surprise. But that definitely shocked me, and I'm gonna say. Friday the 13th, uh, parts two through four, which is another series that I love now. And I mean, this is like, this is an interesting bit of trivia. I was, a, I was a boy scout at the camp where they shot the original Friday the 13th movie. No way. There it is. Hold Bury on. The Bury the lead moment. Hello. Hold on. <laughs> Bury the lead moment. We still don't have a sponsor. Let us know if you want to sponsor this moment. And, uh, okay, wait, hello. You were, you went to the camp where they filmed the movie? Yeah, because it's a real Boy Scout camp. Now, is so, this the like, same one they, they filmed the first one at? So just the original movie from 1980, they shot that at Camp Noby Bosco in Blairstown, New Jersey. None of the rest of them were shot in Jersey, although 
weirdly, canonically, they made the decision to keep the series in Jersey. So I went to that camp. I never saw any of the movies while I was going to the camp, which okay, was probably that's a good. Decision. good. I was say. That would freak um, me out. And I remember one night on uh, FX Network, this is probably back in like early 2000s. So they did a marathon of Friday the 13th, part one through four. Mm -hmm. So by that point, I had seen the original. So it was like somewhat demystified, but I was left alone and like two through four came on and I was so scared. (gasps) Our TV in the house was in the basement. Oh, no. So I have to walk all the way upstairs to my bedroom on on the top floor. And I literally like have to keep the radio on so I can go to sleep. Wow. Um, I believe it. Because I can't, because I can't stand the silence. Now the funny thing is, I Roxy doesn't know this. Uh, my my dad needed some care, so uh, in the last year, and so I went down to stay with him. And so while she was away, because Roxy's not a horror movie, scary movie person nope. at all. So Sixth Sense freaked me out. What? Sixth Sense yeah, freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I started Friday the Thirteenth from the beginning. I did not. Kevin Bacon in that movie. Yes. I did. I did not know that. I, post post Animal House. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I just had no idea in that he just walked on. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Kevin Bacon. So um, yeah, that was really interesting for me. I know that's a random fact. Uh, Were you freaked four. out? Uh, no, because I kind. I mean, a little bit. I mean, because I'd never seen them. To be honest, I never went back because yeah. I was too young when they came out, and then there were so many, and it was kind of like. And it's funny what you were saying about the different levels of scariness, because like. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, scared the crap out of me. But then when it got to like, I think it was around three and then four, five, six, how many ever there were, uh, when he started like talking. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, I'm out. Okay, this is like a joke. (laughs) But I still went to see them, you know, but yeah, Yeah. it was like, yeah. Anyway. All right, Roxy, I sense a theme here. Yeah. Uh, Who would play you in a movie of your life? Okay, so I actually have a specific answer for this. It's Dacre Montgomery, who's an Australian actor who plays Billy in season two of Stranger Things. Oh, now that's another. Yeah, I will Rock, not watch Roxy that. Will never watch that, unfortunately, because <laughs> I love that series. At least the first two seasons, really, really a lot. I, I feel like how many seasons are there? There's like three or four, right? They did three. Four is coming out. Right. I don't really understand why. Season three definitely jumped the shark. My hot take is that season two is my favorite mm-hmm. because the kids are a little less annoying and they do a good job of introducing new characters. Even if the plot is a rehash, like that's why I like it more. Yeah. So, all right. One more quick one. And it kind of evolves a little bit because we're going to evolve it to the movie. The, the, the question is, what TV home would you want to live in? Now, someone recently used a movie. Yep. I think it was... Uh, from Home Alone. Yep. So we're we're expanding this question. We're we're adaptable here at the Loyal Littles podcast. Is there a movie home or a TV home that you would want to live in? Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Friends apartment. Ah. Because mm-hmm. because I I don't like to live beyond what I need. So I really have no interest in like owning a house, let alone a mansion. Like sure. an apartment. Right. An apartment is definitely my speed. Well, at least that's a two bedroom apartment. I mean, yeah. One bathroom. Yeah. So, yeah. At least it's a two bedroom. For New York, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. For, for, yeah. For New York, it's very spacious. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that was one of the jokes, right? They could never understand how they could afford that apartment. Right. Right. Because, I mean, that's a, it is a very spacious two bedroom mm-hmm. apartment mm-hmm. Uh, for New York City standards. And they were always out of work or changing jobs or whatever. It was always, yeah. Anyway. Well, Brendan, thank you so much for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. Is there anything we can plug for you? Now, you do say, we kind of touched upon this. Not really, though. You do these spoiler-free movie reviews. Is that right? 
Yeah, I have a blog that I set up in 2014. I initially envisioned it as a place where I would talk about anything. So, like, when I first started, I would, like, throw some sports commentary in there. But now it's basically just spoiler-free movie reviews. Sometimes they're not even really reviews. They're more like recommendations. But gotcha. I don't spoil anything. I try to be as positive as I can without lying. Sure. And also with the understanding that not every movie is for me. So I try to factor that in. But I also, but generally, like, I like to give people just enough pointers as to whether it's something for them or not, while allowing them to discover as much as they can for themselves. Gotcha. That's what I love most about movies is the discovery. Right. Yeah. So how can we find that? So the website, or the web address, rather, is uh, peopletalkingwhatever.com. I know it's a bit unwieldy. No, I like it. Uh, like, there's an about page on there that has links to, like, social media. Gotcha. Um, cool. And we'll, uh, so I, we'll put that in the show notes for you. So if people want to check it out, yeah. they can click on over there. And are you on Twitter, Facebook, if people want to shout out to you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Brendan New Jersey. And for anybody who lives in the greater New York metro, more specifically Westchester area, like right before the pandemic started, I got to uh, actually host a couple of movies at the uh, Alamo Drafthouse Theater in Yonkers, New York. Mm, And um, so now that the pandemic is not what it was uh, a year and a half ago, that'll be starting up for me again in probably like November. Like the way I describe it to people is basically like I'm I'm like Ben Mankiewicz on TCM, but in person. I love that. Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a dream for me to do. Well, Brendan, thank you again. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Thousand percent over. Yeah. (laughs) I love that I'm rooting for these now. And I, 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 not that I get disappointed if they say under, but I'm a big over guy myself. Yeah. Roxy's just. I'm adaptable. She's adaptable. (laughs) It's annoying. All right. Brendan, thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate the time. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, our pleasure. All right. All you loyal littles. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast and another great interview, but Roxy, it's time for Friday 5, Friday 5, oh, Friday, Friday 5, Friday 5, Friday 5, oh, Friday, Friday 5, 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 It's now time for the Friday Five, and what better person to read the Friday Five to you than the original rum-dum of the uh, TK podcast. (laughs) Please welcome to our podcast, Claire Natola. Hey, Claire. Hey. Isn't it the official rum-dum? Oh. Not the original rum-dum? No, I'm not the OG rum-dum. All right. (laughs) Stop writing writing the email, Sully. Stop writing the email, Bobby. (laughs) Roxy already corrected me. Claire, and we're saying this is not counting as a five great minutes segment. This is not counting because we're going to have you back. Mm -hmm. But when we found out that you were doing the Friday Five this week, we were like, hello, we had to have you back on to read your questions to all the loyal littles out there. It's so exciting. This is great. All right, let's get to it. (laughs) Number one, in addition to being a little, to which other groups do you belong And groups can be defined as organized ones, such as professional organizations or fraternal clubs, fraternities, sororities, elks, lions, whatever. 
Uh, or they could just be loose collections of like-minded folks, such as the Littles. And the Red Hats counts, right? Any group you can <laughs> think of. My mom was like, a Red okay, Hat. Okay, this I can give you my answer okay. for. And that would be that those who know me really, really well know that I am a longtime fan of the band Jethro Tull. And so I actually have a Tull family out there. And they are other fans with whom I've traveled to far-flung places around the world to see Tull shows. And we get together for the tours and things like that. So, and the Littles reminds me of my Tull family in that sense. That so is it's like there, a are, chosen family. Are they just called the Tull family? Like, because there's deadheads. So what, do you have a name? We don't. You don't? Uh, okay. Well, t- Tullians. Oh. Oh. Okay. C-U-L-L-I-A-N-S. It, but that's not like an official gotcha. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right, Roxy, what do you got? Well, I'm a part of the Honey Taps. Yeah. Um, and we're a tap dancing group of ladies who we do a lot of corporate events and birthday parties and various gigs around the city. And we actually have groups in New York, L.A., Chicago and Denver right now. Oh. And we specialize, I would say, in flapper style tap dancing. So 1920s, we've done 1930s style dancing, but it's all like Charleston is our main thing. And we just are a group of women who love tap dancing and love the Charleston. And we've come together. And and, and mention yeah. just because this was really cool. This was a new one. You just started a new one. I just started a new one. I actually joined the group last year, like not even a couple weeks before the pandemic hit. And it's mm-hmm. called Tap on Tap. And it's another tap group. And it's an cool. all-inclusive. This um, is really cool. We work with people who can't tap with their feet. And it's she, the woman who created it, she created a method of tap dancing with your hands. So we wear these gloves with we have taps on the palms of our hands. And we use our hands to tap and we use cutting boards of all things, wood cutting boards. And we sit down and we, we tap with our hands. And oh, so that's cool. we, we kind of do it all. We People who can tap on their feet, we have segments where we tap on our feet and then segments where we sit down. And it's it's a really great way to include people who... Like in wheelchairs. Like, and, in wheelchairs yeah, right, and things right. like that. And um, mm-hmm. I'm still learning about the group, but we do shows and classes at hospitals and different facilities like that and get people involved. Yeah. It's, it's oh, really... It's, great. When I saw these, I thought it was a joke. Honestly, I thought these because they're like gloves. Yeah, like winter gloves. Like, so they're like winter little, gloves. Little black gloves. So I thought gloves. you're not you're just gonna wear those to annoy me, aren't you? Like you're just gonna like go walk around. <laughs> clip, clip. But little did she know, I had to try them on and do because being a drummer, yeah. I was like, this yes. is my thing. Yeah, this is it. This yeah. is my thing. You would so, love the group. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's why I wanted to mention. It. All right, mine real quick. I have obviously tons of softball groups, but hello, buy nothing. <laughs> The Buy it. Nothing group oh, on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. I just had another it's score an recently. Illness. It's an illness. <laughs> um, some people call us hoarders. I don't know. I just think it's a great way to get rid of your stuff if you need to. And Yeah. Yeah. Know. All right, Claire, what's number two? Okay, number two. People will always say, I remember where I was when blank happened. And blank is usually some major historic event. But what's the dumbest or least consequential thing that you remember where you were for? Do you have one for this, Claire? I don't, but, well, I do, but I don't remember what it is. Now, this could be... Because <laughs> we had a hard time with this one, because everything I'm thinking of, well, that's technically historic. Mm-hmm. I mean, any little yeah. thing we thought of. 
So yeah, I thought yeah. of one. She thought of one. I think I have one, but we'll see. Go ahead, Roxy. So I know exactly where I was when my trash TV and love of The Bachelor franchise began. Um, and that was in 2011. I was working at the time it was called Merry Go Round Playhouse. And now I think it's Finger Lakes Musical Theater Festival or something like that up in the Finger Lakes region of New York. And I was hanging out in my room and decided, oh, I'm going to I'm going to try this show. And it was The Bachelorette. And that was when my love for trash TV began. began. So that's a good one. Cool. So yeah. the only thing I could think of was, and I think it's kind of interesting, is in Vegas, the Boardwalk Casino, which doesn't exist anymore. They've torn it down and built something. I don't know what's there now. But when I was there in 1999, 2000 in that area, you know how they have like house bands? Mm-hmm. And this one was, it was a cover band, uh, a tribute band, excuse me, tribute band. And it was called Purple Rain, spelled R-E-I-N. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And mm. I remember where I was when they performed and they were, I'm guessing they got paid something. Okay. It was a house band though. So it was free for all of us. We're just sitting there at the tables playing right, games and they're right. in the background playing. Yeah. I couldn't take my eyes off them. They were so good right down to, I mean, and the band was identical where they had the two women, Lisa, and I can't think of the other one's uh, name from the band. Mm-hmm. But, and then at the very end, he's done. You think he's coming out for the finale. He literally walks up stage opens the case, pulls out the white guitar, comes down and hits the chord and they do Purple Rain as oh, the finale. Wow. Let me tell you, we were just there, Claire, for our mini moon. Uh-huh. Yep. They are yep. now getting over 75, I think it was $85, $90 for a ticket. Wow. Yeah. So I, so I can I can say, I know it's dumb for most people, but I remember where I was when they first started. Yeah. And, sure. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. It's great, I haven't seen them since, but uh, yep. yeah, it was fantastic. So, all right. Yep. What's number three? Okay. Number three. Name something in sports that you think represents an unfairness or an injustice or just a bad break. The one that I think of right off the top of my head is that Ted Williams never won a World Series. And I just think that's a shame because Mm -hmm. he was so phenomenal that he really deserved to, to win one, but never happened. I have a ton of those. But go ahead, Roxy. You go first. Wait, I think I just thought of a new one. Oh. I love the All American Girls Professional Baseball League. Why don't they still do that? I mean, is that is that something? Yeah, it's something. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. A League of Their Own is one of the great baseball movies. All right, let's let's easy killer. Let's not get that, that. in the Sandlot. I mean, okay. Great, great. No, no. I I've often said I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I just wish they would have wrote it the other way so that the other sister would have won yeah, the championship. Yeah. They should have traded the other sister. I mean, I always wanted to be a peach, so I think yeah, they right. need to do that again, and I'll be a peach. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, that's, that's a good <laughs> No, one. you're right. I mean, it is unfair that they didn't get to continue yeah. being professional baseball And there's player. so many, and you brought up a good one, Claire, with Ted, especially us being Sox fans, but there's mm-hmm. so many of those. There's the Charles Barkley in NBA. Mm-hmm. There's the, here, Yankee fans, Don Mattingly. I was a big mm-hmm. fan of Don Mattingly, and he never won one either and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mine, however, is sports-related, obviously. It is that they have not gone back since we've now instilled officially instant replay into baseball, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. How have they not gone back and overruled Armando Galarraga's perfect game? Oh, okay. yes. I mean, yes. It's, it's an injustice. It is. I mean, how can you not go back? You see the evidence. There's no other... It was the last play of the game. It's not like this happened in like the seventh inning. And then I agree. Right. Anything else could have happened. There were right. two outs, right. ninth inning... Yep. Last play. And, and the other thing is because it involved him. He's running over to first to get the ball from mm-hmm. the 
And uh, like I said, there's no, well, anything could happen and blah, blah. No. And I, I did some deep diving on this. And I love that there's other names for it. They call it the 28 out perfect game. The almost perfect game, the extra perfect game, the imperfect <laughs> game, and simply the Galarraga game. But I mean, yep. no, seriously, how have they not gone back and given him that perfect game? Yeah, that's a that's, shame. That's, yeah, that's, that's just that is one of the most heartbreaking things in sports to yeah. me. Anyway, yeah, yeah. and I and get, he just took it with such yeah. graciousness. Yeah, he yeah. sure did. And I mean, I get it. Everyone's human. I mean, how he missed that call, I don't know. And uh, obviously, I'm referring to Jim Joyce, who was the umpire. I don't know how he missed that. He was right there and everything, but. Okay, he's human. It happens. But what I'm saying is, yeah. especially now, because it, we do officially use instant replay. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. it, you know, I mean, why can't they go back and give him that perfect game for right. his lifetime yeah. record? Yeah. What's I mean, their it's, excuse? It's done. It's over with? Yeah, I guess it was an official game. And it was officially that they do know he missed the call, obviously. There's right. all this video proof, but they're mm-hmm. not going to go and switch it. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. All right. Ahead, okay. Number four. number four. Do you have any tattoos? If so, what you got? And if you're not a tattoo person in this world, but became one in an alternate universe, what tattoo would you get? Well, I don't have a tattoo. I actually have a temporary tattoo. I found this company on Instagram of all places where the ink is, I guess, plant-based. So I guess it's better for you. It lasts one to two weeks. So right now I have a ladybug on my ankle and it's something that my mom and grandma and I all always talked about doing, getting matching tattoos. So my grandmother is not doing very well. So I got these and the three of us put them on together. So we each have these little temporary tattoos on. Now, if I wanted to get a real tattoo, I would probably get a sunflower and put it somewhere. I don't know where. (laughs) <laughs> All right, how the hell am I supposed to follow that? I know, I know. I mean, I should Well, I'll went... tell you what, I'll follow it while you think about it. Oh, I, I know what my answer is, but that's just aw, you know? I, I mean, know, that, yeah, is yeah. Yeah. that is aw. That is aw. All right, go ahead. So there is one particular Jethro Tull logo that's a J and a T done in a very ornate style. I think from their album in 1999 that came out. And anyway, it's just very pretty, and that's what I would get, is oh, that particular... Nice. Jethro Tull logo. All right. Nice. And mine, I don't have tattoos. Not a tattoo guy. But I guess what I would... I, my, I have a tie, so I'm going to will bond this question. I have... <laughs> it would either be probably the Boston Bee. Of course. Oh, yeah. For the Red Sox. Or, and I think this would be cuter, but I don't know. We'll see. Or it would be Charlie Brown in a baseball, in his baseball getup. Cute. Oh, yeah. it'd, it'd be one. And for... Or... For, well, I, just, I was just going to say, for the record, I don't have any tattoos. Oh, either, okay. So. You know, I just thought of the other one would just be the stripe. Like around... You know, like a Charlie Brown stripe. <laughs> like on your person? Oh, on your belly? Oh, no. <laughs> like what? No, I just meant like, like on the arm or something. I don't know. Like... <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one that went there. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Like on my belly, yeah. That'd yeah, be hilarious, I'm looking actually. at you like, where are you going We could do that this? with a Sharpie later, Roxy, if you want to know. Good one. Okay. All right, last one. Here we go. Last one. Which of society's great mysteries would you like to know the answer to? My answer is a little salty. All right. Can you go first? Then so we can end on a good note. Why are people so dumb? <laughs> and why do they have to be assholes? <laughs> <laughs> the big mystery in life. I know. I was thinking something a little more specific when I came up with the question. But that's, oh, that's, yeah. so what yeah, you th- that's a big... <laughs> That covers a lot of different categories. Yeah. It really does. I mean, yeah, that's 
pretty global right there. Yeah, I did say to her, that's one I probably would have maybe peeked at the group before we answered. I had trouble with this one. Did you have something for this? The one that comes to mind is whatever happened to Madeline McCann? You know, she's the little girl who was kidnapped in, I think it was Spain, maybe Portugal. British girl. Her family was on vacation. She was kidnapped. And and I just think that it would be wonderful if that were solved for the family. All right. Well, mine's pretty simple. How can people possibly put pineapple on their pizza? (laughs) Try and say that one. (laughs) Roxy's giving me the evil eye. Right, right. That's all I needed, right? Yeah. That's yeah. all I wanted. That's that's the one. I don't get it. Yep. But yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's it. Well, that's our Friday Five. <laughs> that was fun. Thanks for having me on, Claire. Claire. I mean, thank you. I mean, this has been great. It's been way too long. It's so funny. When we reconnected, I saw the date from the last time we did our interview. Oh, and when was that? It was 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Once every 10 months, is that's <laughs> more than sufficient. Uh, no, I mean, and I've said many a times, you know, we've texted and called since then. But um, yes. yeah, that's crazy. But like I said, yeah. this doesn't count as the five great minutes because mm-hmm. we're going to have you on at some point soon. We'll uh, catch up because we didn't really get to hear what you've been doing for the last 10 months. Yeah. I'll book you in for 10 months from now. Okay. <laughs> well, we know you took that great trip because yeah. we followed you on that. Yeah. So we're ex- Excited to hear all about that and stuff. Well, there's not much to tell, but we'll leave the people hanging. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks again. We really appreciate the time. Thanks a lot, guys. See ya. All right, Roxy. What a treat that was. Unfortunately, we're out of time, though. So let everyone know how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCPodNet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to head on over to iTunes and give us a nice rate and review. Special thanks to Brendan in Jersey for being our Meet the Littles guest this episode. And Joe Magnew, Jolene Wojcik, and David Spector from Bells Up Winery for our bumpers this week. Roxy, did you call them? Shoot, no. I didn't either. Okay, we have to do that. Get your wine orders in, people, because I, I believe they said they're shipping out their fall shipments soon or something. So we got to do that. Yes. Keep forgetting. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, Roxy, which you've been doing a lot lately, but that's okay. I have been. Whoops. <laughs> Use <you>? the code. <laughs> See you, everyone. This was so much fun.
by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. On your belly? Oh, yeah.